Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Hey! Hey! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys and girls? Sorry, Woo. I always call you guy. Yeah, I always say what's up, guys. I don't mean anything by it. I but, am uh, your wife. That's like a dead giveaway. Chill yeah. out, bro. Chill out, <laughs> bro. Duder. There I, are some times where I like enthusiastically called Michelle dude, and she's like, "Excuse me," <laughs> and it always causes like a moment of pause. But I did accidentally <laughs> call you dude today. But I got a dude. Yeah, well, going. Now the feeling is reciprocated. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> We have a super jam-packed show today, because not only do we have to get into a lot of news and notes about injuries and blah, 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 all that sad stuff for, you know, some good stuff, we're also going to hit on a running back discussion, because so many running backs right now, A, it's just like a lot of the good ones kind of stink, but also there's a lot of backfields, it's like, I don't know what's happening, and we're going to try to help you work through this and figure it out with you. There's three backfields we're going to hit on. Another backfield we'll hit on and scrumptious starts to kind of talk through that. But also in that running back discussion, Kate's going to be paying up for her bet last week. You know what, guys? We make bets incessantly on this podcast <laughs> and we nobody were... has ever had to pay up on well, them. <laughs> well, we remember We finally started one. writing them down. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, now that we write, it's your fault that we wrote down the last one it was will Brees hall score 14 fantasy points is that mm-hmm. what we did 14 will Brees hall score mm-hmm. 14 mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what we did we cut it on 20 you still would have over it so kate's gonna have to take a tequila shot which she does not Bleh. like she does not Bleh. like that if i had to do that i honestly might throw up on the show so i cannot lose a bet <laughs> from here on out <laughs> the last time i took a shot of tequila it was many years ago Many years ago, and I did throw up. So okay, but it's because of all the vodka you had before. You can't blame that on the tequila, Michelle. I, <laughs> I'm not here for this kind of negativity. Please. All right. Well, we'll get to that. She's gonna have to take that shot after the news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Tyreek Hill back at practice and full on Wednesday. That's a really good sign. I thought, you know, maybe he'd be limited at least to start the week because he left the game last week in a walking boot, but apparently he's going to be okay. Uh, But the quarterback situation, not so great with the Dolphins. They already rolled out Tua. And for some reason, they're kind of just like acting like they're ruling out Teddy Bridgewater. Like they pretty much already said Skylar Thompson's expected to play, which is weird to me. 
But with that, do you feel comfortable starting? Like, you got to start Tyreek Hill, but what about Jalen Waddell? Jalen Waddell's dealing with his own injuries still to some extent. So I, I'm i not like auto-starting Jalen Water. Water? Waddle. There's plenty of instances where you have to wade through the water with Jalen Waddle and start him, but I don't think that this is you one You have to waddle things. through the water. That's right. Waddle through the water. <laughs> My bad. Are you starting Jalen Waddle? I mean, I like my question comes down to like, who are you really starting him or let's him say, for? let's say you have one of these young rookies that have been doing good lately. You have George Pickens. Like, are you starting George Pickens over Jalen Waddle this week? I would. No, no. I actually would. I would I think be that's... so scared. I would be sweating it out. But I don't think it's a bad idea. If it is truly mm-hmm. Skylar Thompson. Now, if Teddy Bridgewater plays, then, you know, I'm cool with just keeping Teddy Bridgewater. Or, I mean, I'm cool with just keeping Jalen Waddle in my lineup. But do we Skylar not Thompson think that, me. It, like, Skylar Thompson looked really good in the preseason, which obviously preseason, different than the regular season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, do we not think that maybe there's a little bit of, up, like, not upside to Skylar Thompson, but... Maybe it's a little less scary having him randomly come off the bench and prepping for him, like to make a start instead of just coming off. Yeah, but like, now I defenses think, also have the week to prep against him. But they also don't have a lot of Skylar Thompson to listen. You're playing Tyreek Hill, and you know if you want to keep playing Jim Waddle, that's fine as well. There just might be some other options. We do have to get through these notes I a little bit quicker. I want a Waddle. Okay, you want, want a, waddle. a Waddle. Rashad Penny is out for the season. This poor man, he Ooh. just can't catch a break. But this means it's Ken Walker time. Uh, is he? As soon as Rashad Penny leaves the game, like he only had eight carries in the game. Of course, Greg's went off for 69 yards. Like he is a big play machine on the ground. Anyways, he's not like a known pass catcher. Is he a top 15 running back the rest of the season? I don't think it's particularly hard for a running back like him to meet that because it is a garbage fire position at running back right now. So I don't think that that's extreme to say that at all. Yeah, I think it's it's better. Pretty... Like the Seahawks are a good offense somehow. Like they are a good offense. Except, uh, wait, are we going to talk about? Uh, are we going to talk about the Drew Lock thing? The the Drew Lock news. What's the Drew Lock news? I missed it. <laughs> How did you miss this? Pete Carroll Big came news. out to say that Drew Lock is. I think he said to directly quote nipping on the heels of Geno Smith. Oh, no, he's not. But I'm like, like, did we mishear that? Because like, what, he might be trying to keep Geno Smith trying to, you know, keep. Oh, I think out, that's but... like ways not to motivate me 101. Like, <laughs> like that, that just like, just show con. Like, I just think it's a dick move. Just show confidence in Geno Smith because he's balling out. Why Why you got to well, be maybe like... maybe he's trying to also still keep Drew Locke motivated in case there's an injury to Geno. Like, Drew, you still are good, buddy. Even though... I know, but, like, you can have a starting... Like, you already named him the starting quarter. It's yeah. so stupid, but this is a good offense. As long as Geno Smith and uh, Ken Walker is a very good, very good fantasy running back, and if you have him... You just got a free starter, which is so nice. Damian Harris for the Patriots is likely to miss multiple games. Ramondre Stevenson season, baby. He looked Stevenson season. He looked so good last week. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. 
Baker Mayfield out for a few weeks, I guess, with a high ankle sprain. I really think he's out for the season. Like, I don't know if he starts another game, maybe ever in his career in the NFL. Michelle. But I think by the time his high ankle sprain is recovered, then Sam Darnold will be back. And I, at this, at this moment, Baker's not playing any better than Sam. So you might as well just try him out, I guess. We've already tried him out. You might as well keep PJ Walker, who's coming in. You might as well keep him in for the majority of the season, if not the remainder of the season, I think. At this point, the, at this like, point, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, no, at this at this matter. point, Panthers fans should want a high draft pick, and they should keep Baker Mayfield as the starter. But like Matt Rule fired, good riddance, goodbye. Like with I, Matt Rule fired and now PJ Walker in, does this make you any more confident in starting DJ Moore, or are you still I, just keeping him on your bench? I always love a good shakeup on teams like this, and I I know it's purely narrative based. I have not done a deep dive into the stats, but I can recount times exactly like this, where there's a significant coaching change, significant quarterback change, just like an implosion. And for whatever reason, it just lights this fire under certain players. And I think that that could be happening for DJ Moore. So I'm not expecting like a massive game, but I also would not be shocked. So I'm okay putting him out there this week. But to be fair, I feel like those little bursts are very temporary. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we'll see that in like maybe the first like one to two games after a coaching change. And then everybody kind of comes back to earth and they're like, oh, yeah, we suck. Um, we're still here. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're still here, like, unfortunately. So I, I'm not going to expect that to last this season. But like the Panthers, I think, are like 10 and a half point underdogs this week. Like. Give me the Panthers to cover. I'll actually take that this week. Uh, James Connor did not practice on Wednesday. He's day-to-day with a rib injury. Is Eno Benjamin startable? I think so against the Seahawks. Like, I think if you got him off waivers, like you you got like you picked him up for a reason. Like play him. And I think he is playable. I do you yeah. guys agree. This yeah, the there's right very matchup. few running books. Yeah, there's very few running backs that you could tell me right now where I'm like, you can't start them at all because, again, trash heap position. But I like the matchup too. Cool. Dak Prescott says he feels great and he threw to his receivers on Wednesday, but he still wasn't, uh, he was still listed as a did not practice and he's still a long shot to play in week six. So I think there's probably another week, but like Cooper Rush has been doing it. It's not really changing the la- uh, landscape of the Cowboys all too much when it comes to like the fantasy players. So we'll keep an eye on that. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry still not practicing. And Chris Olave is likely to be out with a concussion. So with that said, is there any Saints wide receiver you're interested in? starting (laughs) can Taysom Hill be quantified as a wide receiver because it's going to be a Taysom Hill week again. Yeah, and Alvin Kamara might get more targets. I yeah, I'm not getting cute with any of the wide receivers. No, no, <laughs> no. Jake's reaction to that said it all. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T. Higgins still not practicing. Zach Taylor said he could have returned to the game last week, like in situational. I don't know if they needed him. Which, whatever. I had T. Higgins in a few leagues that crushed me, crushed me. I ended up winning because I had Travis Kelsey in those leagues, which was amazing. But he's still not practicing on Wednesday. Keep an eye. I'm going to be really nervous to play him 
Like that's for sure. If he does, it's play. the Julio Jones type of thing. I hate this. This because you cannot sit him if he plays. I still feel like even with the goose egg, and I absorbed a couple of those too. I'm still rolling him out if he is suiting up. Yeah, same. Uh, speaking of Julio Jones, he's still not practicing, and I see no reason for the Buccaneers to make him come back this week. Like this is basically a bye week for them. The Steelers are. The number, I mean, they're the first pick right now if they were to play. So technically, they're the worst team in the NFL. You have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. You don't need to rush back Julio Jones to try to beat the Steelers. Uh, What was it last week um, for the Bills? There was a player that could have played. Oh, Jordan Poyer, the safety. And the Bills said... We don't need you. We need you for the Chiefs. We don't need you to beat the Steelers. (laughs) They said, like, well, we'll be fine without you. And they won by a gazillion. So that's how teams are feeling. And I, I don't think Julio Jones plays this week. Jonathan Taylor uh, did not practice on Wednesday, but the team is optimistic. He'll play against the Jaguars. If he's back, I'm starting him, right? Yep. Yep. And then lastly, Pat Firemuth, uh, he got a concussion last game. This is his third concussion in his two-year NFL career. I doubt he plays this week, right? I'd be shocked, but it seemed like the last blurb that I saw on Twitter was like, hey, he's he's planning to be out there. Now, that could obviously change, Maybe he's and I think it should. Saying that. He <laughs> should be sitting out this week for sure, but uh, hard to say. And then there's four teams on buys this week. The Detroit Lions, which they have a decent amount of fantasy players. Houston Texans, your Damian Pierce. Five for one week. The Raiders and the Titans are all on by. That's a lot of fantasy folks here. So it's it's getting thinner with the bye weeks. So let's hop into these running back discussions because this might help you set your lineups with these bye weeks a little bit more before we dig in, though. Kate, it's time to take your tequila shot. I thought I was taking it after. No, during the top of the running back discussion, I said. Okay. Um, you might as well get it over with. Get your chaser ready. Okay. I Michelle brought me tequila <laughs> and, and a Gatorade, a Gatorade <laughs> to absorb some of the tequila, I suppose. So, okay. Um, in the tallest shot glass ever, but it's only it's filled to a normal shot. She gave me a normal shot, which of tequila is also too much for me. So, okay. Oh, oh my boy. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. You can, can you do guys it. Count me down. Count down. Three, two, one. Oh, chase it and ch- nicely done. <laughs> That's wonderful. You did it. You did it as you're recouping there. It should be noted. Brees Hall had almost 200 scrimmage yards last <laughs> week. Uh, but I do want to point out, no, to your credit, Kate, he had 200 scrimmage yards, ended up being like the RB4 still somehow. And Michael Stop Carter that. with his two touchdowns that he vultured basically ended up like 10 spots further down or something. But it's pretty funny. Um, you really had to take the tequila shot because of how wrong you were. It wasn't just you I lost really, the bet, but it was because of how wrong you were. And maybe we have to start doing punishments for our fades if they end up going off. Because, like, sure. we're telling our, you know, we got to have accountability here, Caitlin. It's not just about the bets. It's about accountability. <laughs> That's fair. Although I will say, so after I, like, the tequila shot, disgusting. Yeah. Taking, it, it was actually lemon-lime. Uh, Gatorade. It kind of tastes oh, like a margarita perfect. in the ah, aftertaste. Yeah. So there we Good go. For you. There's See, there's your low budget margarita. <laughs> and yeah, even have some salt in there with the electrolytes. <laughs> it's perfect. 
I could have left you with the tequila taste in your mouth, but I was kind and I brought a chaser. So, you know, I'm a good wife. (laughs) All right, let's hop into these running back discussions. Let's start with the Jaguars. Um, We were going to start with the Broncos, but you're getting into that with a scrumptious start. So we'll talk about that backfield then. So we'll hop right into the Jaguars. We got James Robinson versus Travis Etienne. Has Etienne officially taken over this backfield? Uh, you know, it was getting closer and closer in offensive snap percentage throughout these weeks. And then last week, ETN jumped up to 54% snaps while Robinson dropped down to 40%. And then obviously ETN had the 114 scrimmage yards while Robinson was at 39. They both had 10 carries though. It's just ETN was much better with his. What are your thoughts, Jake, here with this backfield? I know it's just one game. I know it, but we had, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I feel like we can do that after Kate had to take the tequila shot. We're invincible now. We can say anything. Uh, But last week, we were kind of calling towards this transition with ETN, and I do think that he's at least cemented himself as a true 1B or 1A, if nothing else, and he hadn't been that prior to last week, but I was more heartened by the five targets coming in there. It's like, this is what we wanted out of him. If that can be his floor going forward, then he becomes that, you know, top 12 guy for the rest of the way, as long as he maintains this efficiency. Yeah. Okay. Are you still plugging in James Robinson into your lineups or do you think like it's ETN or bust now if you're starting one of these guys? I think it's probably ETN or bust. And I like, I'm still sort of on the fence, but if you had to push me over onto one side of the fence, it would be ETN side. I, it feels like if Robinson doesn't break off like a 40 yard rushing yes. touchdown, he's not going to do much in the game. Like it, their year started off really nice for him in fantasy because of these long, these long runs, but, but he's been getting just like worse and worse yeah. every week. This, this efficiency just feels like it keeps sort of tanking lower and lower. He had and- negative 25 rushing yards over expectation this week. It was the worst in the NFL this week. Like it, clearly the Achilles is starting to come on now. It's weird that it was like it, he started fine and now it's like worse and worse. Maybe he's just wearing down a little yeah. bit, which that happens. But as he's wearing down, ETN's heating up. So yeah. And uh, this week they get the Colts, which is not an easy matchup for running backs, but they're really good against the run on the ground. Like they, they're averaging – they're allowing only like 3.6 yards per carry or something. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere in the threes. Like it's low while they are allowing quite a bit of receiving yards to running backs. So in that case, it's, you know, more in favor of ETN there than Robinson. So, you know, this podcast loves ETN. We're probably biased, but that's what we're going with. We are not sponsored by Travis (laughs) ETN. This is not a Travis ETN podcast. This is a disclaimer. The Commanders. We're moving on to the Commanders. Antonio Gibson versus Brian Robinson. So, week five. Brian Robinson comes back from being multiple shots, shot wounds just a couple, what, like a month ago? Six weeks ago. Six weeks ago. Insane that he's coming back. And you think, well, Antonio Gibson still probably has one more week in him that he's going to get a big workload. No way. Like, this is going to go to Robinson. And Gibson did play a, a few more percentage of snaps than Robinson, but Robinson got nine carries to Gibson's three carries immediately. Like this was just game one back in his rookie season too. It's not even like he's a vet. This is his first NFL game ever. 
I like, is Antonio Gibson a must sit from now on? Can you even play him? I won't go so far as to say must sit, but it is very disheartening. And like, there's going to be occasions where he'll be a flex option. I believe that. But this sort of phantom illusion that we've seen these first few weeks, it certainly does seem like Ron Rivera and company, when they made those offseason comments about him, and then he was kind of transitioned on to special teams, that is starting to come back into play now that Brian Robinson is out there, which is but, scary. You know what's sad, though, is Brian Robinson had nine carries for 22 yards, and he was still more efficient than Antonio <laughs> Gibson. Like, <laughs> That that is wild to me. Uh, Antonio Gibson had three carries, six yards. Like, I feel like you're looking at Antonio Gibson as like an RB three, fringe RB four, unless he happens to break one off or fall into the end zone. And he did get four targets, so maybe they'll utilize him there more. But that's JD McKissick's job, so it's hard to depend on him. Like, if McKissick were to get hurt, then you're like, okay, I can plug in maybe Gibson again. Maybe he'll get the targets. But like Gibson without Robinson, I mean, it was from weeks two to four, it was 12 points, 11 points, and nine points. So it's not like he was someone you were excited to start anyways. And two of those games were with rushing touchdowns. Like he had 12 points and 11 points, and he scored a touchdown. That's really hard to do in PPR. But as like <laughs> as the main back, getting a lot of work. And he did it. And he did it. So uh, like... I'm not personally wanting to start Brian Robinson yet. I'll keep him on my bench, but are you willing to plug him in on Thursday night football, Jake? I am not at that point yet. I would still rather rely on JD McKissick and his targets and that safe floor for this matchup than Brian Robinson, but watch uh, me be proved a fool. And I would be excited if that happened because Brian so wait, Robinson rank, deserves it. Rank these three guys in order of your preference for starting them in week six. Robinson, McKissick, Gibson. McKissick, Robinson, and Gibson for me. Okay. In a full PPR, I go with Jake, Mm -hmm. half and below. There's no upside with McKissick. You're hoping for eight points. So I'm going to go, if I end up getting two points from Robinson instead of eight, like, okay, okay, okay. fine. But I'm going for a couple, you know, Robinson has a chance to get into the end twice. McKissick has no chance of that. Okay. I changed my mind. I go with Michelle. Thank you. I don't even want to play Robinson, but if you have to play one of these guys, that's all I'm saying. Uh, And then last backfield we'll hit on here before getting into scrumptious starts, the Falcons. So, ew, we knew it was going to be bad last week. They were playing the Buccaneers, but Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, they both got work, but Algier played nearly 60% of the snap. So he's clearly the guy. It ended with just 13 carries for 45 yards, no targets. And then, of course, Avery... Avery Williams, never heard of that man in my life. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> NFL researcher, never heard of him. I've never <laughs> heard of this man in my life. He got the rushing touchdown. Do you just stay away? I mean, they faced the 49ers this week. This week, I'm out. Away. I mean, this week, I'm out. This is like a wait and see. This is a research week for them. And like, what's the snap counts actually look like after week six? It's not going to matter for fantasy, I don't think. But we'll at least get a glimmer of usage going forward. Okay. See, this is my thing, though, because there's probably a lot of people who might need to start one of these guys, right? So we keep... I'm so sorry. I know. So let's say you have to go with Algier. Is J.D. McKissick on your waivers? (laughs) Algier or Robinson, which one would you go with? 
that's Brian Robinson we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I will mention oh the entire 49ers starting defensive line is not practicing on Wednesday. It's Wednesday, though. Yeah, but Nick Bosa is expected little, to be out. They're, they're Eric banged Armstead's up. expected to be out. I don't know about Ibukam. And Kinlaw is, I guess, pointless anyways. He never plays. But this is just going to be a recreation, I feel like, of last week against Tampa Bay. And last week against Tampa Bay, that was a terrible, terrible time to start Tyler Algier. And I don't want to be victim to that again. So I give me your preferred commander above Algier for me this week. Okay. I think that's fair. I think I would roll with Brian Robinson as well over Algier. Just Same. for the hope, you know, that he gets more work in his second week. And I, I think he's better and he's on a better offense. Maybe that feels weird to say about the commanders. I think the the point total for this game is right around like it's thirty eight points. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's extremely low. So like there should be plenty of opportunity to run in this game. Yeah. All right, time to get into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Jacqueline, I want to fight with you, okay? Because I'm so sick of me making these docs every week, except for when you guys want to, you know, go grab your player before I get a chance to make it. You know, this was going to be my start of the week. Kate's next one was going to be my start of the week, but you guys got in here and you grew up so fast. I actually made the doc this week, so that thank you. Okay, thank you. You stole my guy over here taking shrapnel for something (laughs) that I didn't even do. Uh, But I'm here. I'm excited to hear that I stole your guy because I'm very excited to talk about him, and uh, I'm hope you're just as excited to listen, Michelle, because I want to talk about Melvin Gordon. who gets to play the Los Angeles Chargers this week. We got, and I know we want to kind of think about the backfield here as we did those previous three, but with Javante Williams out last week, we got assurances that we needed, I think, to see that Melvin Gordon is the guy. This this worry that whoever it is, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, who wasn't actually active, these guys were going to come in and just take over was unfounded. And he had 103 yards from scrimmage. Granted, there was some overtime to boost that number. And the game itself was just weird as hell. Like, there was nobody who watched that Denver indie game and felt good about themselves after, unless you were just, like, confident and happy that you sat through that and you yeah. deserve a reward if you did. <laughs> you know, most importantly for me, truly, he didn't fumble. He actually looked confident with the ball. As things picked up in the fourth quarter, he actually started to pick up steam. To be fair, so did Mike Boone in the limited action. He had like one drive Mike Boone did where he really took over. But other than that, it was Melvin. And the Chargers are not anything to be afraid of. They're allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs thus far. You know, without the boast of brother there, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse for the Chargers. So I love the matchup. I'm starting him over Tony Pollard, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and even Najee Harris. Yeah, I like that start over all of those guys. I'll have Melvin Gordon ranked pretty high this week. But what about Mike Boone then? Because you you mentioned him. I did think he looked pretty good. Like he looked better than I thought he was going to. At times he looked better than Melvin Gordon. I thought Gordon picked it up as the game went on, saved himself a little bit. But do you think he's also a play in this matchup? Because we were just talking about Brian Robinson or Tyler Algier. I would rather start Mike Boone over those guys. 
A thousand percent agree. This does look to me like, think of early stages Zeke and Tony Pollard, where you're like, why is Tony Pollard only out there for a few snaps? He looks so much more dynamic than Zeke. And like before the tide had started really turning, I think that's what we have in this backfield. So Boone can still be explosive enough, rack up a few points on very few plays. So I'd go with them too over those guys. Love it. Did you forget to mention the revenge game? Well, he's had like a lot of those now, right? Because he's been playing in the True. So? same division. <laughs> but like revenge game part four or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> Three, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but he's already had those revenge yeah, games. Yeah, but like he gets this backfield totally to himself True. now. True. Like, That's a good point. That is. A is good this point. not the first revenge game he's had totally to himself? I think so. Mike That's Boone, right. get out of here. I just uh, don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? All right. I'm, I am I exist here for the sole purpose of pissing my father-in-law off right now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say rest of season. I am streaming any and all wide receiver against the Pittsburgh Steelers because yikes, big yikes. Uh, things aren't working out here in Pittsburgh. And as a Steelers fan, I'm very sad. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Chris Godwin, who I like, I think Mike Evans is the given here. Like, obviously Mike Evans is the must start. Mike Evans might have four touchdowns this week. uh, Maybe five or six. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know, but like Chris Godwin is the guy that I want to give a nod and like a nod to and an extra vote of confidence because he returned from injury this week. He saw six targets, which was fantastic. Caught all six of them. He just ran 27 routes. Like he was very like underutilized compared to what he usually does. But Steelers allowing a league high 41.5 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. That is literally ridiculous. Like that is absurd. But I mean, they, I talked about it last week with Gabe Davis and guess what? Gabe Davis had a day. Hey, we're allowed to talk about him. We said we, we won it anymore if he didn't <laughs> if he didn't have a good game. And I You're think welcome. his insane game, we're allowed to talk about him now. Yes, and Chase. he's he's not in our scrumptious starts this week, but you play Gabe Davis against the Chiefs. Yep, you you play Gabe Davis, but like we already had so many, so many big performances. Add in Gabe Davis's monster day. Stefan Diggs on top of Gabe Davis's monster day still had a hundred receiving yards like that. It's absolutely insane how much there was to go around against this defense. Mike Evans is the given, but I, I do think that Chris Godwin, we're going to see an uptick in his usage another week out from injury. And this is going to be a opportunity just for Tom Brady and them to pick this secondary apart. They're still banged up. They're still injured. This is going to be a disaster in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin should both be ranked as a top 12 fantasy option, I think, this mm-hmm. week. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay, my scrumptious start of the week is Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, he was my scrumptious start last week. I'm going to just double down and because I'm just going to enjoy it for a second. I really wanted Stevenson to be a thing now for a, quite a bit. So now that he's got he gets his chance, I'm very excited. Last week, once Najee, or Najee, once Damian Harris went down, no other running back got a touch in the game but Stevenson. Like, it was the Stevenson show. 25 carries, 161 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, yes, it was in a great matchup against the Lions, but you know who else you can run all over? The Browns. 
So the Browns are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to the running back position this year, allowing the second most yards per carry in the NFL behind only the Chargers. Like Stevenson needs to be in your lineup. I would play him over guys like Miles Sanders, over Melvin Gordon, who we just talked about, over Najee Harris, obviously, over Zeke Elliott. And maybe even, like if this is your decision, I might even plug in Stevenson over Joe Mixon. I get Mixon's workload is so safe, but I think Stevenson's workload this week is also so safe. And at least Stevenson is a good running back. I agree his upside, <laughs> I agree his upside is higher than that of Mixon, though. So I, I really don't find fault with that, honestly. <laughs> I am just kidding. I know Joe Mixon's fine, but he's not really. All right, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> or no sorry jake who's your second scrumptious start of the week well i'm gonna keep it in the same nfl matchup here i want to talk about amari cooper on the other side of the ball who's playing against the patriots and i think on paper a lot of people are frightened about this matchup um but i want to just dispel this narrative that the patriots take away a team's top offensive weapon and well you can't trust that I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that at all this year. No. One, I don't know for a fact that Amari Cooper is that weapon. It could be Nick Chubb that they would be trying to take away. But regardless, they have not successfully done that this year. In the first three weeks, the Patriots played against Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, and Mark Andrews as those top weapons. And those guys averaged about 12 targets for seven catches and 80 yards, throwing a couple of touchdowns for Mark Andrews' big day. Lamar Jackson on that same day put up 107 rushing yards in the touchdown himself. So if you want to consider him the top weapon, obviously, they didn't do a good job of that either. And then week four, they play the Packers. They don't have a top receiver, but they have Aaron Jones, who ran for 110 rushing yards against them. Week five against the Lions, that's kind of a mulligan because Amon Ross St. Brown, he's hobbled, only plays about 30% of the snaps. But this is not the takeaway your top talent team that that narrative is relying on. And now we factor in, per Dwayne McFarlane, whose work you can find over at Fantasy Life, mentioned that uh, Amari Cooper has a 35% target share against man coverage. And the Patriots just so happen to use man coverage fourth most in the league. I think this is a great matchup for Amari Cooper. I'm not scared at all. I'm playing him against or over guys like Mike Williams, Drake London, Rashad Bateman, even Michael Pittman this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the Patriots have to be this defense you're super scared of anymore. Maybe against, you know, opposing quarterbacks that aren't great, like like the Jared Goffs of the world, which I will say he was my fate of the week, and then the Lions scored zero points. So how? what's the opposite of having to take a tequila shot? Can I get a sip of my wine? I'm going to take that in a second. But you need I to am... give another tequila shot. <laughs> no! I'll give it to Jake. It's fine. Now, I, I don't mind Amari Cooper. I never trust this dude. I just don't trust him, but I get it. All right, Kate, who's your second scrumptious start of the week? Okay, so this is like less of a scrumptious start and more of like a snack you can enjoy. Okay, but I like it because, you know, people need these fill-ins. Yes, so this is a a bridge. This is a stopgap for you, and I, I don't want you to play this guy over your studs, but I'm rolling with my good friend, Brondale Moore, against the Seahawks, who – Actually haven't been a terrible defense against wide receivers this year, but looking at what Rondell Moore does and what Rondell Moore is and what he excels at in these like short yardage situations where he can make a play after the catch. I do think that complements like the Seahawks deficiencies really well. So right now 
the Seahawks are allowing the fourth most yards after the catch among any NFL defense. Last week, we only have a two-week sample size here because of an injury, but last week, Moore had the seventh most yards after the catch in week five. D-Hop, he's back in the building, but he's not officially going to be back until next week. We've got one more week without D-Hop. we got plenty of targets. And you know what? Kyler Murray is not throwing deep at all. He's bottom five in air yards this season. And maybe an injury to James Conner. Like, maybe we don't see him. Like, they might need to utilize Rondell more closer to the line of scrimmage. Oh, my God. How much closer can they get? <laughs> they can't. <laughs> they can't get any closer. They are so on the line of scrimmage. The line is a dot to them. Like, they, they cannot... <laughs> be closer to the line of scrimmage. But this, again, this is a, a a flex play. This is maybe a DFS value for you, but like this is a stopgap. All right. So I, I like this because the Seahawks actually do struggle against slot wide receivers. They've been decent against wide receivers, but you know, slots kind of their weakness. That's, so I like this for Rondell. That's all Rondell is doing. I think he took five snaps out wide. So let's week. say... You know, you're looking at Josh Palmer. Let's say Keenan Allen is out. Josh Palmer or Rondell Moore? Rondell Moore, easy. Jake? Yeah, I'd go Moore as well. What about Alec Pierce against the Jaguars or Rondell Moore? I would take Pierce. I would take Pierce. Full PPR, I will take Rondell. I'm still taking Pierce. I think his upside for deep targets are just better. Oh, 100. Like, deep targets, yes, 100%. But if you're... If I'm picking one of these guys to have 10 catches in week six, it's probably going to be Rondell Moore. All right, one more. Darius Slayton? Rondell. Or Rondell Moore? Slayton gets the Ravens. I just can't trust him. I would go with Rondell Moore. I'd honestly, I don't know. It's gross. But I would would not trust Darius Slayton to microwave my pizza to the correct temperature. (laughs) Like, he no. had a pretty solid game last week. No. But I will say Rondo Moore, seven catches, 68 yards. They were using him against a harder matchup against the Eagles. So he's a viable play. He's a viable play for sure. All right, getting into my last scrumptious start, Ken Walker. Ken Walker. Oh, you ballsy, ballsy. I know. Listen, we've been waiting for this moment. Like, I love me some Rashad Penny, so I'm so sad. But if you drafted Ken Walker, you've been waiting for this moment. He's been sitting on your bench, or maybe you got lucky he was on waivers and you used all your cash on him. It is time that he goes off and win you some leagues. He gets the Cardinals this week. It might not sound great because if you look at just the numbers, it's like, oh, the Cardinals are actually pretty hard against running backs, but they're really not. Uh, they've faced a lot of teams that just don't rely on running backs all that much. Like the chiefs in week one, but like Pacheco even was like his yardage per carry was fine. CH I think scored a couple times. So it, it didn't all happen on the ground. And then you get the Raiders in week two. That was before Josh Jacobs started to go off. You had the Rams, like they don't even have a running back on their team. And then you had the Eagles who they're kind of hit or miss with their running backs. They're allowing 4.4 yards per carry this year. Even Cam Akers averaged five yards per carry against them. Like, I didn't even know Cam Akers had that in him. So you can run against the Cardinals. And I I think the Seahawks offense is pretty good, which is weird. I I think they're going to keep doing their thing. I've already talked about how Ken Walker is a big play machine. Like, he can break one off at any time. I'm playing him over Najee. I'm playing him over Miles Sanders, over J.K. Dobbins, over Zeke. I probably would stick it out with Joe Mixon over Ken Walker because the workload's so much safer. 
but Ken Walker should be in your lineups. I love it. It's the time. You know, can you I just need to convince can I, me of this? Can I tell myself how smart I am? Just to all of our listeners. And I did all these best ball drafts, and they're like, you gotta get Rashad Penny or you gotta get Ken Walker. You know what? Just take the cheaper one and then you prosper. And that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, no, you, I you, love this call though. Because you knew Penny was gonna fracture his uh leg in a couple of spots. No, I, I just mean, knew that whoever I chose. Yeah. It's honestly fair if you guess that because <laughs> it's like, yeah, he has wild injuries. Poor guy. Man, he's so good too. That stinks. It's true. All right, let's hop into our biggest fades of the week. Jake, we are on the same page because I feel you here. Talk about it. It's It doesn't feel good to say, and I'm not saying to sit this guy, let me get out ahead of this, but Justin Herbert against the Denver Broncos, it's not inspiring matchup for me. Uh, Denver has allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing QBs. Granted, who they've played. It's certainly not been the elite of the elite guys, <laughs> but even the guys that they have played, it's been pretty much a disaster for, for almost all of them. Um, and Justin Herbert, for his point, I mean, I'm excited that he's playing through this rib injury because what what a guy. Like, way to go, man. But we've seen what can happen when he's not playing up to his usual standard. And we saw that last week against Cleveland. You know, he ends the day with 228 yards and one passing touchdown. And that's the kind of thing that can happen against Denver. And with Russell Wilson on the other side, nursing his shoulder injury, this also doesn't seem like we're going to need heroics from Justin Herbert, which he can do even when injured, right? But I don't think we're going to need that at all. I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring day. I mean, that's again, on the other side where I'm starting Melvin Gordon, it's because of what I anticipate this game to look like. Justin Herbert, it's just not for me this week. So I'm starting guys. It's gross. Starting Kirk Cousins over him. I'm even starting Geno Smith over him in certain Damn. formats. Oh, yeah. I could not. Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I would start Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people are going to have that so Geno Smith is like the QB5 on the year. <laughs> okay. But I just dropped, like, it, for anybody who didn't see it on Twitter, I just dropped. Matthew Stafford for Geno Smith. Because Matthew Stafford's like the quarterback 33 this year, which is insane. But I'm just saying, like, it sounds totally twisted. And points per game, by the way. It sounds awful. It sounds sounds awful, awful. but I'm just saying that, like, Geno Smith, especially with the news that Drew Locke is clipping at his heels. (laughs) Geno Smith does have 22 plus fantasy points each of the last three weeks. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. But, if you know, it hurts so bad. Is if Geno Smith was in your lineup and yeah. Herbert was on your bench and he went off. like It's going to be impossible for you to click that button to switch them out. And I understand that. It's going to be so, so, so hard. I'm just saying, if I had to take that hard choice, I would rely on Geno Smith. Uh, I will have to choose between Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. I would go Herbert over Lawrence still. Okay. Lawrence, I also I almost put Lawrence in this category actually this week, but I decided to favor the hot name. I like it. Well, Kate's fate of the week goes with yours. So, Kate, talk about your guy. Um. It, so, yeah, Jake, we're kind of in this together. I'm fading Mike Williams this week, who, like, very hard to do because he has had over 100 receiving yards in three of the last four games. Like really hard to fade that upside. I'm not saying bench him, but I'm saying temper your expectations. Cause I mean, Mike Williams, we already know he's a volatile receiver. Like either you win your week because of Mike Williams or you lose your week because of Mike Williams. 
I'm not really super excited to test him against this Broncos defense. Second highest coverage grade among NFL teams. Fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this year. Held DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who, to bring it back to Geno Smith, are balling out with Geno Smith right now uh, to a combined 9.4 fantasy points in week one. Like, I, I don't really think you need to, again, sit him, but like, Devonte Adams was their best week and he only had 15 PPR points. Like not, not crazy for a Devonte Adams game. I'm just, I, I think they're, they're going to keep this a relatively low scoring game. And I just, I'm not, not trusting my guy, Mike. Yeah. Even though I love him with his new haircut. I just love his new hair. <laughs> it's you, like, you can't sit Mike Williams. And I don't no. think you need to, uh, but I, I get you. He might have a little bit of a lower week. My fade of the week is pretty much me telling you to sit him, like just bench him. It's Michelle. I'm not even trying to be like this is the this, this is this hat is, off podcast. Yeah, this is an easy fade. So people might be saying like you don't need to tell me to fade him, but like I'm telling you to sit him. He needs to be on your bench. Najee Harris versus the Buccaneers. Two running backs have scored more than six six. PPR fantasy points against the Buccaneers this season. And one of those guys were Avery Williams because he just happened to fall into the end zone. I don't really know what the touchdown he was fell? like. Is no, he okay? but <laughs> like this is like he got six points off of a touchdown and then four points. Otherwise the only running back to have more than six PPR points besides Avery Williams was CEH. He scored two touchdowns. Now he did have a pretty nice day on the ground as well. He put up 92 yards, but I, I think the thing here with the Buccaneers defense in that game was we need to stop Patrick Mahomes. We don't care what their running game does. Like they were solely focused on stopping Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to be a ca- the case against the Steelers. Najee Harris is, uh, I mean, his offensive snaps plummeted in week five, 49%. He's not getting the workload he got last year. I, I mean, he's performing pretty poorly, Maybe it's due to his ankle injury. We don't know. Like the offensive line isn't great for the run game either. There's a lot of things into it, but Jalen Warren, his backup, he looks better right now. Mike Tomlin has said Jalen Warren's time is increased and it's going to keep going that way because honestly, when he touches the ball, better things are happening than when Najee Harris touches the ball. He looks good. He looks really good. It hurts me. Najee last week, 11 carries for 20 yards. Mostly due to the fact that, A, the Bills' defense is very good and they were getting their butts kicked, so they had to go to the passing game. But also, you know who else is really good? The Buccaneers' defense. And you know who else will probably make this a very high-scoring game and kick their butts is Tom Brady. I'm not playing Najee Harris this week. I'm playing guys like Mike Boone. I'm playing guys like Eno Benjamin. Like Raheem Moster, if, you know, he missed practice today, but he's back at practice tomorrow. Like these are the guys I'm starting over Najee Harris, and it's hard to swallow. That's what I'm doing. Boy. And Boy, if Najee Harris ends up, wow. If Najee Harris ends up having a great week, then cool, I can go trade him. I'm gonna. Tweet I can about go this. trade him away because if all I'm waiting for, I actually I don't really have him in any leagues. But if I had him in a league, I'd be waiting for him to finally have a good game, and I'd be getting rid of him so fast and redraft and dynasty. He still will be fine in redraft. He's he's got to go michelle you know why you don't have him in any leagues probably because you have him. yeah because i have him in all of my leagues lord help me trade trade him to michelle after he has a good game this week 
I hear she's open to accepting well, offers. Now that I'm crapping on him so hard, I'm sure he'll score like three touchdowns. It'll be great. I'll have to do a tequila <laughs> shot next week. But do you agree with me that you're starting, you know, Benjamin or Mike Boone over Najee or no? I can't start Mike Boone over Najee. And I said, I said what I said about him earlier about some of those other. Are we sure the workload's that different? Are we sure the workload is that different? I think maybe the touchdown upside is still there for Najee more so than for Mike Boone. And that's kind of it, but do you man, see the Steelers you know, I get the it. goal line? Do you, I mean, they scored three points last week. Kenny Pickett with his small, tiny little boy <laughs> hands is going to will it, will the destiny. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and then it's he's going to run it into broke. the end zone. Jake, who's your second fate of the week? <laughs> My second fate of the week is Garrett Wilson, who is playing against the Green Bay Packers. I'll be honest, less about <laughs> the Packers defense, more about what I've seen out of Garrett Wilson. With Zach Wilson back under the helm in the uh, New York, New York, New York Jets, New York. New York Jets offense looks worse with Zach Wilson, and it really does, especially for Garrett Wilson's fantasy value. In the two games where he's been solidly back there, Garrett's had ten targets, five catches, and sixty-eight yards total betwixt the two games, and he had amazing matchups. He got to play the Steelers, who we were talking about at the top of the show and the dolphins who have also been bad against wide receivers. It didn't matter. Garrett Wilson looked good independently, like the routes he was running, what he was actually doing on the field. That was fine. That was great. He still looked like the same player. Zach Wilson is just not getting in the ball. Don't know if he's just not seeing him, if he's not going through his reads properly, but it's been bad. And Garrett Wilson has had an incredibly high success rate against man coverage. That's not what the Packers do. They, to a frustrating point, played so much zone defense that, again, this could be more of an Elijah Moore game than it would be a Garrett Wilson game. Wouldn't surprise that. I'm just terrified that Zach Wilson is kind of cratering Garrett's value, similar to what he did for Elijah last year. Yeah, I don't really want to start any of these Jets wide receivers. If I had to start one, it would probably be Corey Davis. At this point, Elijah Moore is droppable, I think. I, I dropped him. That means he'll finally go off, but I dropped him. Kate, who's your second fade of the week? I'm going to fade one of these rookie wide receivers that we just talked uh, talked about, hyped up so much. Drake London against the 49ers. I just want nothing to do with this 49ers defense, period, like at all. If the 49ers defensive line is banged up, okay, maybe, maybe Tyler Algier can break a couple off, but – no Nick Bosa, though, might change the pass defense. Like when you watch TJ Watt and then he like the defense, the secondary looks pretty solid for the Steelers. And then TJ Watt's gone and they're not getting the same kind of pressure, which allows, you know, it doesn't allow the secondary to do the same type of stuff. Well, we don't know yet. Well, Nick Bosa's out. But I'm, I'm saying for the rest oh. of the de- like, I, I agree. Nick Bosa is the same caliber player as. Well, TJ Watt. No, don't go that far. Okay. Whoa. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, very close though. Very close. Can I say that? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Is that allowed? Um, but any, like the San Francisco defense, I do think like their secondary is talented. And Michelle, you can probably speak more to this than everybody, but best coverage gate grade in the NFL. And yes, that is helped by their pressure up front. And if you don't have that pressure, that allows more time for your quarterback to find his read that allows your wide receivers to find lanes to get open, but allowing the six fewest yards after the catch um, 
I worry about a quarterback change. Like I was tweeting about it literally in live action all week. Cause I was just waiting last week for Desmond Ritter to step into the ball game. But like, I, I think this team is so unreliable right now in so many different ways. Like I will say, at least as a Steelers fan, our team moved on and is at least trying to get better with a different quarterback. Like the Fal- like Falcons, what are you doing? Here? Falcons, what, what are you, you like? What are you, you trying to get? You at? could have your third round quarterback be the future of your franchise, but you're too scared to find out. Grow some. Whoa, grow some. Woo. Jake, what are your thoughts on Drake London this week? I almost listed him in my spot, so I'm very happy to see him here, and I'm very terrified for fantasy managers of him. Yeah, I mean, has he really done anything as of late? I feel like he started off hot. Now it's just kind of a meh. But I think, like, he's been solid as a rookie, and I feel like, especially, like, with the success that, you know, Chris Olave has had as a rookie. Like, we've seen rookie wide receivers be super successful, and I think that when you watch Drake London play, he looks good. Like he, he looks oh my the God. part. 3.7 points and 7.5 the last two weeks. Yeah. He's a big fade. I am with you. All right. And then my last fade of the week, Christian Kirk at the Colts. This isn't a must sit, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm fading him this week. Close. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been, you know, he started off really hot. He had 117 yards week one. And then he came back in week two and had two receiving touchdowns. And then he had another receiving touchdown in week three. But the last two weeks have been pretty bad. Two receptions in week four, one reception in week five. He only saw 7% of the team targets last week, only had three targets, 11 receiving yards. And now he gets the Colts, who have allowed the fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position this season. They've allowed just one wide receiver to have over 15 PPR points this season. And yes, it was Christian Kirk in week two. However, it was two touchdowns he scored. He did have 78 yards, six receptions, like six receptions for 78 yards. That's fine. That's good. But the two touchdowns really pulled him over. The Colts have allowed just one touchdown to a wide receiver since allowing those two to Kirk in week two. Like They become a very good secondary. And we just see Christian Kirk kind of fading away here in this offense. So I think those two things together and also like since Kirk, kind of went off on them last time they played. You would think they're going to keep an eye on him a little bit tougher this matchup. So I'm not saying he's a must sit. You can still play him. I can see him getting like, you know, another six receptions for 50 yards or something like he could be okay. But obviously I'm starting Gabe Davis over him. My love. I'm starting Chris Godwin. I'm starting Tyler Lockett, Devonta Smith, even Jacoby Myers. But I think that's kind of the line. I'll probably have Kirk around somewhere wide receiver 30. So not some guy I'm high on, but also it's not a must it. Yeah, I think the only, dare I say, must start from the Jaguars this week is Travis Etienne for Ooh. me. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, we just need Etienne to break out, break out. Like, I get, he had a pretty, he had an okay game last week with 114 scrimmage yards, but he had a break can out we get some touchdowns up in here? Can we get a breakout like he a Brees Hall? He had a breakout. Yeah, he needs a breakout. Yeah. <laughs> a man's breakout. All right. To close out the pod, let us help. Let us help you make your fantasy lineups. So we're just going to go through a, a few of these guys, like we always do. Quickly say why we would start them. So George Pickens versus the Buccaneers, or Jerry Judy at the Chargers. Which you going with, Jake? 
I don't like either of the matchups, really. Again, I'm more inclined to believe in Melvin Gordon in that Broncos-Chargers game. I would rather have George Pickens, and I'm not expecting the world, though. I'd rather have George Pickens for sure. I mean, last week I was really scared of the Bills' defense because they are tough, but they had to throw so much it didn't matter, and Pickens is, like, Pickett really likes him, and it's working out. Pickett, I think, had 52 pass attempts uh, last week. Like. Uh, I, and I don't see that being any different this week. Like I, I think they're going to need to throw the craziest part. But you can of, actually like the Buccaneers secondary, you can beat them. You so. can beat them. But like, do you think this team does? Cause I don't, I'm not saying the Steelers will beat the Buccaneers. I'm saying, no, no, no. But I'm just saying like, so you like all of this stuff considered, that's fine. But you really think that they can beat this secondary consistently not consistently, like, not consistently, but George Pickens will have a fine game. Like I think, I, no, I'm I'm on the side of George Pickens here. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, then we're arguing for no reason. Michael Pittman, marriage. <laughs> I don't know what we're arguing about. Michael <laughs> Michael Pittman versus Jaguars or Terry McLaurin at the Bears. Bears. Uh, this is kind of a toss up for me because uh, Jahan Dotson is out on the commanders and and if he was in it would be a totally different story i don't like terry mclaurin <laughs> because every isn't time it? you say it it makes me giggle is it not like, Jahan? is it Jahan? like i feel like everyone says Jahan. is it soft say, J like jogging <laughs> but you say Jahan, <laughs> and it makes me giggle maybe you're right but i, feel like I don't I know that i am. say Jahan. I would trust everyone else. I would not trust me. But regardless, I don't like Terry McLaurin almost any week. But in this week, I could actually see him being okay with touchdown upside. I don't know. He says Johan. It is Johan. We just looked up the pronunciation. It's right at the top right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Johan. It's uh, per the Combite invitee groups with pronunciation list of the NFLcommunications.com. It is Johan Dotson. You said well, it last week too, and I didn't correct you. Jahan is tra- assigned- out this week, and so that's why I <laughs> would be okay with McLaurin. Dawson was assigned to podium number one at the combine. I am totally rolling with Terry McLaurin. Ugh, gross, um, like really, really gross. I don't, I don't feel confident in either whatsoever. But I do think that this connection we saw with Alec Pierce in Week Five, like. I think this is going to compound and keep building. I, I like, eh. okay. I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel great about either of these guys. I just think Michael Pittman has more. I have no idea. Like I really don't. It's just, I want Michael Pittman to be better. And that's pretty much it. I'm just going to be honest with you. So if I had to start one, it would be Pittman. I mean, I think Pittman has been more reliable to this point. So I, I get Barely. it. Barely. Eno Benjamin at the Seahawks or Devin Singletary at the Chiefs. I was having a hard time deciding between these two. So I need your guys' help. I got burned by Devin Singletary in a good plus matchup last week. So I'm a little hesitant to lean on him. But truly, I told you that when they kill teams, Devin Singletary is not good because then they just sit him. It was, so it was so unfortunate. It was so unfortunate. You did, but I would go, you know, here. I would say so. But don't like, you think this matchup should be closer for the Bills and the Chiefs? So they might actually need Devin Singletary. And you can run on the Chiefs, and especially running backs get a lot of passing yards against the Chiefs. 
Will yeah, maybe. Singletary. But I, I won't do it. I refuse to because I'm too <laughs> proud and too stubborn. Um, I, I actually probably would go with Devin Singletary, Michelle, like you said, the chiefs allow a lot of wide or a lot of receiving yards to running backs, a league high. I think it's uh 70 receiving yards per game to the running back. We've already seen a game where he had uh, 11 targets, nine receptions. The really scary thing is the fact that he surpassed 10 carries in a game just once this season. And that was for 11 carries. Like it's not been encouraging, but I do think that this is a game probably more so than any of these other games where it's going to be a little more uncomfortably close. Well, what's crazy for him is he had 15 plus touches in their two close games, the Dolphins and the Ravens. In their three games, they blew out the other team. He had 10 touches, eight touches, and seven touches. He, He does not get used in blowouts. Like the running backs on that team do not get used. You pretty much want their third string running back at that point. And then in close games, and you even you, you see that, him, which is kind of the opposite. You see that reflected in their his snap percentage too. So like in those two games where they kept it close, seventy plus percent of offensive snaps in both of those games. I think this is one of those games, and that's why I'm rolling with Singletary. But like I could just see, I think the matchup against the Seahawks is one I prefer. But. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think they could get more bodies involved. And I think this is going to be. With all that said, I think I'm going with Eno Benjamin. All right. <gasps> what? All right. All right. We got to go on no. the last one. Kyle Pitts at the 49ers or Irv Smith Jr. at the Dolphins. <laughs> this Why is would you do realize. this to us? Why this would you put to- this as an ending to this beautiful show that we've had? I don't know. I hate it. I hate fantasy football now, but I guess Kyle Pitts. <laughs> You know what I would the do? The 49ers are so good against tight ends. So good. Sure. And Kyle Pitts is coming off an injury, and Kyle yeah. Pitts has not been used. Like, so you're just playing him because of the name. Then. Guys, yep. I have a really good piece <laughs> of advice. So what I'm going to do is go to your local Yahtzee box at your house and get a die, like a little die. And I want you to, to print out a few images of Kyle Pitts and a few images of Irv Smith Jr., and I want you to tape the Kyle Pitts. This tequila images. shot has gotten deep into her body. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tape the Kyle Pitts heads pictures onto the even sides of the die. And then. Why can't you just make numbers? It, you know, number one is for Kyle Pitts. Number two is for <laughs> I think what we're way. saying is find a third option of waivers. I think yeah. is what we've decided. <laughs> It could just be odds and evens, Kate. You don't got to print out pictures and do all that work. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would go with Irv Smith. I really would. <laughs> I would, too. All right. That is it for today's episode of the Ball Blast podcast. Make sure to smash that five-star review if you enjoyed listening to us. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blast em, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at ffcanthandletequila.com. Okay. Oh my God. At FF Ball Blast. You just, can find me just never, ever making a bet on this podcast at Jake Trowbridge with a W. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.